Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, you want experience during your football season? Well, buckle up, sweet cheeks. That's all we need. We've got all the experience in the world. This is I Want Your Flex with Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Mike and Dan break down everything you need to set your lineups. From position rankings to starts and sits, the guys help you make those hard decisions. And now, let's get your flex on. Here's Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Seriously, whoever had this Monday night doubleheader idea must be an idiot. I, I, I mean, I, just it, it, it is. I want your flex. You hear the laugh of Ryan Bersinger, our executive producer. Hit him up at Ryan Bersinger. Harmon's going to join us later. You can hit him up at Swollen Dome. You can find me at Dan Byer on Fox Burst. This is my problem with it. I didn't mind the opening night Monday night doubleheader that we previously had. I just can't stand the staggered starts because there's at one point I didn't want to watch either game right. that was going on. Like, I know Brown Steelers kind of got crazy, but I didn't want anything, anything to do with Saints and Panthers. And then you had the injury. I, I just it, it drove me crazy to have two games simultaneously going on at the same time. And there was literally a point where I'm like, I wonder what else is on. Like I just I'm not a fan of this format. Not a fan at all. No, I felt the same thing. Uh, if it was I was definitely confused after the Panthers-Saints game started. I had to go ask people uh, what time did the Steelers-Browns game play because I, I assumed it was after the game, but I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. They're in a different time zone. Um, so, yeah, and then I, once the, as soon as the, in fact, like five minutes before kickoff of Brown steelers I, I turned it over to that game because I was already like, yeah, I'm, 
not having fun watching this first one here. And uh, But eventually, as it got into the fourth quarter, I went back to that one. And then I think it ended with Brown Steelers like still at halftime. So it was kind of just a weird uh, crossover there. And yeah, overall, um, eh, definitely could have had more fun watching these. Yeah, and, and in a fantasy perspective, the biggest news is obviously the loss of Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. I mean, the injury, uh, a gruesome injury. I'm not a fan of the injuries, Bursch. I don't like to watch them. Doug Gottlieb always likes to say, you know, like there's three types of people. Do you not look? Do you look once or do you watch over and over? I did the I'm going to squint my eyes and kind of look, and if I can continue to watch it, I will. And I did, and it was bad. It was it was an awful injury. But now you're sitting there trying to figure out, fantasy-wise, for the Cleveland Browns, what in the world that you can do. Heck, even as a, as a team just for themselves, I think you're trying to figure out what you can do. I know Jerome Ford's going to be a, a, a big name. Kareem Hunt was trending on Twitter on Monday night. I think there could be possibilities uh, if Hunt wants to go back to Cleveland. But Jerome Ford's going to be a hot name waiver wire-wise. Amari Cooper's picked up a little more value, but just a devastating injury with the Browns. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Nick Chubb is a guy who uh, every season for the last couple of years, people in fantasy have celebrated the name of Nick Chubb because he's been this incredible model of consistency. And even to start the season, he had a great game in week one. He just looked like he was going to continue that RB1 level, which is uh, really hard to come by at that level of, uh, of year in and year out, having that level of consistency. So it's really, really unfortunate to watch a guy like Chubb go down like that. Jerome Ford did look very solid in his absence. Uh, He looks like he's, uh, yeah, if he's on waivers, obviously he's going to be the number one target going into waivers this this week. And I'm probably the, uh, maybe the only person in guillotine leagues who was uh, chopped in a league because uh, Pierre Strong got a touchdown. So, that, <laughs> Wait, what? That Yes, that happened in, in my other guillotine league. I've been chopped from that one. Uh, I had like Austin Eckler and I I had Cam Akers. Like I, they, it was, I, it was in a really it's tough position. Sledding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I was hoping that uh, maybe with, with Amari Cooper's uh, injury news that Elijah Moore would, would have a big game and then I would be able to overtake that last person. But uh, they had Pierre Strong in one of their running back slots. And um, because Jerome Ford had that gigantic run called down at the one-yard line, uh, they they let him take a breather. And Pierre Strong came from uh, whatever section he was sitting in in the stadium and decided to run in that touchdown. And I'm not in that league anymore. That's what ticks ticks you off is because you got to reward the guy for doing all the work. Yeah. You know, and yeah. if there's a, even a little break in the action to determine whether he got in or not, should be enough of a breather where you're like, okay, buddy, this is yours. You're going to bring it home. <laughs> right. And then to see, I mean, I can't imagine you walking around, and I saw you a little bit uh, on Monday afternoon, but never once in our conversation did you say, as long as Pierre Strong doesn't go off, I should be good. Like that was that was never mentioned in our talks, no. and I don't think it was ever mentioned 
in talks in the history of mankind. Right. To be honest, like it has <laughs> never been said, and it came to fruition on Monday night. So unfortunately for you, your guillotine league is over. Mm-hmm. I'll say one more thing on the Browns, and I, I honestly, I don't have a lot to say about Pittsburgh because the old saying, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. I don't have a lot of nice things to say about Pittsburgh. Like as a George Pickens owner, I am scared right now. Like to see mm-hmm. Kenny Pick. I, I know they've played San Francisco, and I know they played Cleveland. And I think Cleveland's got a really, really good defense, and we're mm-hmm. going to see it throughout the season that if they're going to make the playoffs without Nick Chubb, it's going to be via their defense and not Deshaun Watson. But I just am right now scratch Najee Harris, all the fears that everybody had for him coming into the season, warranted. Uh, Jalen Warren seems to be the one with, you know, that was the sleeper, if you will, or the one with, with the value. I don't know how much you can even trust him, but George Pickens. I mean, if it's not for the 71-yarder, and I mean, it was a nice throw by Pickens, but it reminded me of the Zach Wilson throw to Garrett Wilson on Sunday. You know, like that was that was the one. I am not I am not a believer in Kenny Pickett right now, and I think we're, we'll find out a lot more about him as maybe the defenses get a little bit easier for the Steelers. Um, but, I mean, when I look at the Browns, just to jump back to them, I got questions about Deshaun Watson now. Mm-hmm. Like This is the same – the same sort of stuff that he would do in Houston at times. And I don't know if it was because Houston was, you know, four and 12 or, um, you know, or, or what it was, but he just plays sloppy. He just really does. And I don't think that you're going to see maybe now with Chubb, as, as I say, this Chubb's absence, you're going to rely on him a little bit more, but it's not what Kevin Stefanski wants to do. And so I just, I have, I have concerns about Pittsburgh. I have concerns about Cleveland moving forward. Yeah, looking at Deshaun Watson, uh, the next few weeks, they have Tennessee next week, then Baltimore, then they're on bye, and then it's the Niners. It's a really tough go of it for a while for uh, for the Browns, and, and especially given the fact that Deshaun Watson just doesn't look that sharp. His fantasy numbers in week one were buoyed a bit by the fact that he had a rushing touchdown, uh, but outside of that, yeah, this week just uh, 13, and that's with a six-point uh, uh, passing touchdown. So, um, yeah, it is it is a really weird situation if you're if you're somebody who has Deshaun Watson. Hopefully, you have another quarterback that you can look to uh, and kind of play matchups over these next couple weeks. Uh, there there are guys where you know, I mean, Russell Wilson just had a huge game, but I, I that that still. Here's the thing, you know, and and I'll say this about Russell Wilson and comparing to it. Mm. You know they're going to throw one up at least once a game. Mm-hmm. They're going to throw one. They're going to chuck it downfield. Now Watson did that, and it was, it was almost picked off. I don't know with Cleveland's defense if the Browns will be doing that. Like Denver's defense now just does not seem to be anything of of great resistance. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think Cleveland does. So if you're going to make plays, I think you're going to keep it closer to the vest. And – I don't think you're going to see Deshaun Watson with 350 yards passing. Maybe he gets the yards running the ball, but I just don't see it. Yeah, yeah. It it, it doesn't seem to be uh, that lucrative in terms of passing. Uh, Russell Wilson, they, the, the next couple weeks, just looking ahead, uh, Miami this week, then the Bears. So uh, solid matchups there, but then the Jets in Week 5 and Deshaun Watson's bye week. Um, you're looking at, like, if Jordan Love is available, who's had a, a couple of strong games, 
He's got the Saints this week. Uh, I know Marshawn Lattimore has been shutting down receivers, but he's got the Lions and the and the Raiders in the two weeks after that. So there's uh, some some good possibility there. So and just taking a quick look at quarterbacks that could be available, there are definitely some pivot options with uh, with what we've seen from quarterbacks. And uh, Deshaun Watson is starting to definitely look like for at least for these few weeks, he might want to pivot. I would not pivot to Kenny Pickett. I'll no. say that. <laughs> I think that's enough on Brown Steelers, but Panther Saints. Oof, another one that was <laughs> that was tough. I mean, even you know Michael Thomas making great plays, and Olave had a you know a great catch. They're they're always going to be reliable. I think that you can play them every single week, but with Jamal Williams injury, they're at Carr just kind of seems to be a little less of the Derek Carr that we saw with the Raiders. I don't know if I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just putting on the Saints uniform like these guys like just maybe take a little bit of a of a step backwards. I feel we did that with Jameis Winston. I feel like we did that with uh Andy Dalton at times even though Dalton had, you know, Dalton had a good game against the uh the Cardinals. I think last year was like a Thursday night game. But it just like there are throws that that he ends up missing and I just wonder now, is Taysom Hill, like if, if, if Taysom Hill is available, must play considering, you know, Saints go to Green Bay week three against the Packers, but you're missing Kamara, Jamal Williams is hurt, and you're going to play Alave and Thomas. Maybe Taysom Hill is the only guy that you end up do playing from the, or do play from the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, Taysom Hill did look rather interesting, given the fact that, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, when Jamal Williams was out, he was getting the bulk of the carries. Now, Tony Jones got work uh, in, in the goal line and then ended up with two touchdowns out of it. But if like if if they don't have Jamal Williams and if, if Kendra Miller still continues to be hurt and not see the field, it would feel like Taysom Hill is the stronger option uh, in terms of if you're going to pivot to I, I use the phrase running back uh, to to describe Taysom Hill, but like quite frankly, that's that's where he would be. So, and especially given the way that tight ends are are operating this season yeah. in fantasy, uh, he would provide a, a very uh, intriguing option. And otherwise, yeah, that that Saints offense, as you mentioned, Chris Olave will still get yards. Uh, Derek Carr one passing touchdown over the first two games. Uh, so it's a really, yeah, it it doesn't look great in terms of Carr. He he. He looks like he's taken a step back, and it's definitely concerning. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. If you had Sam Laporta or Taysom Hill next week, Sam Laporta and the Lions face the Falcons, Taysom Hill and the Saints play the Packers, who are you playing? Um, if Jamal Williams is healthy, I'm I'm going Sam Laporta. But if he's not, I think, I think Taysom Hill is a very strong option there. Yeah, I think so too. And I think now you've got a short week with Jamal Williams. Yeah. We don't... I mean, so there, there's that question, and I bring up Laporta because I think you're gonna you're gonna play T.J. Hawkinson, you're gonna play Darren Waller, you're obviously gonna play Travis Kelsey, but I think like when we get in, or you're gonna, you're gonna play Hunter Henry, who's been you know great the first couple of weeks, but when we get to kind of that six, seven, eight sort of nine, ten, you know, eleven, twelve sort of area. That's where I think now that then you start to have the conversation, and I just feel like Laporta is like in that in that spot right now. So mm-hmm. I, I I I don't know. Is that, do you think it's a good comparison, or is there? Do you think there's a higher benchmark or a lower benchmark if we're really trying to determine his value? I think that's I think that's a, a strong comparison uh, because tight end is is just. 
it's just wild right now. It is all over the Hunter Henry is 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 raking in points and other guys are doing absolutely nothing. It is it is such a weird landscape at the moment. But yeah, Laporta is somebody where I'd feel comfortable starting him, but I think the upside of somebody like Taysom Hill uh with the running game, if he's taking that over, yeah, you can put him ahead of of these guys who are in the in the lower half of the top 10 range uh at tight end for sure yeah i th- i think uh, i think it's worth it and plus you never know when you're going to get that Taysom hill three touchdown game <laughs> right yes like he had one game like that last season and it allowed him to finish like top five in tight ends yeah it was against the Seahawks. Yeah, I, remember I remember it. Well. I also remember him being on my bench that game. And I'm like, all right, you know, like there it was. Yeah. It's like the night where you always had the same lottery numbers, and you're like, ah, I'm not gonna get tickets tonight. And there, there it is. Seven one five. Your winners tonight for your pick three. I say that because that was my area code back in Wisconsin, but. So, all right, there's there's enough of the look at uh, Monday Night Football. He is Ryan Bershinger. I'm Dan Byer. Again, Harmon's going to join us a little bit later. Uh, just uh, some scheduling stuff that we're doing. Harmon's actually talking with Jason Smith as we speak, as we record this episode right now. So that's why Mike's not here. So Bersh and I are going to figured we'd talk a little Monday Night Football. We're also going to stick around. We're going to talk a little waiver wire look back from week two. Guys that we talked about last week on the on the pod that you should pick up and see how they fared. So we're going to do that next here on I Want Your Flex. Do you love Selena? Like really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, 
it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, Bursch is back. I'm here. Hit him up at Ryan Bershinger. You can find me at Dan Byer on Fox. And again, Harmon's going to be around a little bit later. He and I will take a look at the waiver wire in week three. We look at the waiver wire that was week two. I had said on a podcast that we did last week, uh, Bursch, that I felt the waiver wire between weeks one and two were the most important of a fantasy season. Mm-hmm. It's not like you always strike gold, but – the first game of the season does give you an idea of maybe where certain teams are putting their chips. And and I think we got validation in that in week two with one team specifically, Mm -hmm. and that's the Los Angeles Rams. Like if you put in for Puka Nakua and you put in for Kyron Williams, you reaped benefits in week two, even though they played that stout 49ers defense. Yeah, and uh, which was very exciting for me. As we had talked about last week uh, in, in one of my leagues, uh, I was the top waiver priority. And we were discussing what I would do with that decision, and I used that to get Kyron Williams. And I won this week. Uh, it, it's it, it's that Perfect. level of importance. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's great. And I feel even better about Kyron, given the fact that uh, apparently uh, they don't want Cam Akers around anymore. So, yeah. uh, which uh, as, as a Kyron Williams owner, uh, there are plenty of people out there now who are just ecstatic about that news. My hesitation about getting Kyron coming into this week was specifically because of the Niners matchup. Um, and, and as we had talked about, I had said I felt like Josh Kelly was the one that was set up for the most instant success uh, for this week. But for the long run, the choice felt like it should be Kyron Williams. And uh, I was half right. And I will gladly be wrong about the the half that I got wrong there. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see what what happened there with Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua breaking records with his first two games. Uh, It's incredible. Uh, It's uh, it's great to see. 20 targets. I mean, it's a lot to not even consider Bursch that that game would play out the way that it did. Mm -hmm. And then – as it did for him to get 20 targets. Like, if he would have gotten 12, I would have been like, man, 12 (laughs) targets. And he didn't get 12 targets. He got 15 receptions on 20 targets for 147 (laughs) yards. Like, my goodness, is I have Cooper Cup in a league, and I'm just sitting there, like, grinding my teeth, thinking, like, (laughs) this could all be Cooper Cups. Like, we could be off to another record-setting season. And then now you have to wonder on – what do the Rams do in terms of, of Cooper Cup and, and his role and what happens to, to Puka Nakua uh, when Cooper Cup uh, does come back? But they paid off handsomely. I can't remember what I said honestly last week, and I don't want to be the person that changes his mind. Mm-hmm. I thought I said go for Kyron Williams. You did. I thought, you okay, did. That's, yes. that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Is what, uh, that's what I thought I said. But I didn't want to say that I didn't and then didn't because I picked him up in a league. <laughs> I didn't play him in the league because of what we talked about with the 49ers. Mm-hmm. But now I feel a lot better with my running back situation since I had lost J.K. Dobbins in week one. Uh, Joshua Kelly, 13 carries, 39 yards. Uh, that's the bad news. Uh, the good news is they were playing a stout uh, Titans defense. And unfortunately for Austin Eckler, owners could be a little bit longer for him. I like the matchup a lot better 
going to Minnesota against the Vikings. I don't know if they're going to win. I don't know if they're going to go to one and two or fall to zero and three. I think it was a tough matchup against Tennessee in week two. But if you did pick up Josh Kelly, I think that you can uh, you at least got some good news because the schedule gets a little bit easier. And we just don't know the status of Austin Eckler. Yeah, I agree with that. And especially to seeing how. Uh, the way that both Kelly and Elijah Dotson kind of took over the Josh Kelly role from the week prior. But even then, Dotson wasn't used at the same level that Josh Kelly was in week one. So I think that does actually bode well for a very strong Josh Kelly performance against that Vikings defense. Justice Hill was another name we brought up. Yeah. 11 carries, 41 yards for the Ravens in their win in Cincinnati. Seven, or three receptions, 12 yards uh, in that matchup. The thing that, that, again, stinks is Gus Edwards is still there, and Gus Edwards is your goal line back, and he yeah. ended up taking a touchdown, uh, you know, have, having a score against the, uh, against the Bengals. And so if you're a Justice Hill owner, the opportunity is going to be there. But just like anybody who owns a Ravens running back, you still have to worry about Lamar Jackson, and you still have to worry about the other guys in the backfield. Not as high on Justice Hill on a week-to-week basis as maybe we were trying to pick him up off of that Dobbins injury. Yeah, and we kind of uh, felt like there was definitely a potential for a high ceiling with Justice Hill just given the Ravens offense, but there is a very clear uh, delineation of, of of workload here uh it's it's hill's not going to be a bell cow for this team gus edwards isn't either um but he will still get work he'll get involvement he'll be in flex consideration but uh that's really kind of the most you can hope for right now from from either one of these running backs until you see maybe one of them get a a larger share of what's going on there i'll tell you another thing with with hill and OBJ's dinged up a little bit, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to make a sarcasm. Not when someone is injured, mm-hmm. but again, I my my prospects on OBJ weren't as high as others. But you also had Mark Andrews come back next week. Yeah. Say Flowers seems to be the real deal. Mm-hmm. There are other weapons there. I just think you're rolling the dice with Justice Hill each week. Yeah, and and it's just he he may have been a pickup for you, may have uh, helped a little uh, this past week. I just would not play him with confidence. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I, I think he, you can, you can have him on your bench, but uh, it's uh, hopefully you have better options. I said Rashid Shahid was a guy that I liked, the Saints wide receiver. I actually still do. Made a couple of plays in that mm-hmm. game against Carolina, but I the inconsistency. Curious to see what happens when Camara comes back uh, after Week Three, but just the majority of the targets go to uh, go to Michael Thomas and and Chris Olave, and so again, unless you're you know you're in a three wide receiver maybe double flex league, I would stay away from uh, Rashid Shahid. Even though I like his value, I really like him as a player. Just not comfortable with him week in and week out. I, I agree. There's definitely deeper league value in Rashid Shahid, but uh, again, it's another situation where he's a, he's a decent option to have on your bench, but hopefully you got better players to start. Final one. Let me ask you this. What do you think about the Jaguars receivers? Um, well, <laughs> we, I thought they would do a lot more this past week. Um, right. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, but uh, good, good for Christian Kirk. Uh, <laughs> he was he was able to get it together. Um, and then uh, I believe, unfortunately, Zay Jones, Zay Jones six targets, zero receptions. Yeah, played played two thirds of the snaps. Is dealing with a bit of a knee injury. Mm. That's that's the part that not not to put you on the spot with Jaguars wide receivers, but <laughs> I mean Calvin Ridley does seem to be the number one guy. Mm-hmm. That's fine. They made an effort to get Kirk the football in game two because they felt like he was neglected in game one. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, guess what? Guess who's got fourteen <laughs> targets? Guess who's Guess who's taking the brunt of that hit? <laughs> the one and only Zay Jones after his uh, you know week one performance. So that would be the thing that I would be worried about. And you still have Evan Ingram there, you know, who had six catches for fifty-seven yards on eight targets. Yeah. So I I I like Ingram. I like Ridley. Obviously, Travis Etienne uh, gets action as well, but uh, not enough to maybe take away from those guys. Zay Jones was a popular pickup in week one, and I think people felt the wrath in week two when you got a zero point zero from him. And and I don't I don't blame them. Again, the thought process was there. We talked about that Chiefs Jaguars game hopefully being a points of Palooza, and it it was not. <laughs> so, uh, but there were pieces that definitely came through, but there were also pieces that were Zay Jones, unfortunately. I uh, I'll tell you what I think Texans Jaguars could be points of Palooza in week three. Yeah. I, I know last year they played like a thirteen to six game, and it was a it was a game that Jaguars should have won. Texans won the game uh, last year in Jacksonville. Maybe there'll be revenge on their mind, but uh, I think that that could be a points of Palooza. So if you want to roll the dice with Zay Jones again. <laughs> All I would say is this would be the week to do it. And, and heck, if, if Christian Kirk is neglected in week one and they give him the amount of workload they did in week two, my goodness, Zay Jones, even if you have a bad knee, week three could be the opportunity. But watch that knee. You do want to watch that knee if there is an issue. But uh, there is a tendency to maybe overcompensate for what you failed to do in the first, uh, you know, the previous week. And I think that could be a story with the Jaguars. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I like it. And and just to, to bring up one name here that, that we didn't talk about specifically, but because there was clarity later on in the week, uh, Zach Moss had a very strong week for the for the Colts uh, against that Houston run defense um, and and part of that too was because of the fact that Anthony Richardson ended up having to leave that game so then even more of that workload went to Zach Moss 18 carries 88 yards and a touchdown on the ground uh, along with four catches too so um, if if Zach Moss is somebody as we go into this week's waivers if he is still available he is somebody that should be picked up because like I said if Anthony Richardson is still out uh, he's going to get a gigantic workload in terms of carrying that 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 rushing attack and uh not that the the Colts offense is this uh, powerhouse but Zach Moss is getting that work and uh, he he did put up the points this week. The Colts are in Baltimore in week 3 and as crazy as this sounds I know this is doesn't matter to you since you were born like a decade later. That's fine. The Colts have been in Indianapolis longer than they actually were in Baltimore. We have gotten <laughs> to that point. So I know the Ravens have taken over. I remember I asked our friend uh, Jerry Coleman, the legend in, in Baltimore, I'm like, is this still a thing? Like, do people still, you know, like not like the Colts? He goes, you know what? He goes, with the Ravens winning their two Super Bowls, it's kind of moved on. They've kind of moved on from it. Um, 
you know, so there's and there would be a really old, you know, an older generation that would would feel the angst towards the Colts. But heck, now if they've been in Indy longer in Baltimore, I don't think you could be mad anymore. So, <laughs> all right, Bursch, your night's done. Harmon's going to be finishing up uh, some stuff, then he's going to join me here on I Want Your Flex. Uh, have a have a great uh, Tuesday, and we will uh, talk to you soon. How about that? Oh, of course, of course. All right, hit him up at Ryan Bershinger. You can find me at Dan Byer on Fox. Dome is in next with some week three pickups here on I Want Your Flex. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Mike's here. Hit him up at Swollen Dome. Find me at Dan Beyer on Fox and uh, fresh off of his uh, nightly show that he does on Fox Sports Radio with Jason Smith, Mike Harmon, uh, here on I Want Your Flex as we start to talk about some waiver wire ads for week three. And uh, the I, you know, I told Bursch this earlier and I mentioned when we talked about it on the podcast last week, I'm like, week one to week two is so important. Week two to week three, maybe be uh, even more doubly important because if you're 0 and 2, 
I don't know what is out there for you to find. Maybe with the injuries in the National Football League that we had in Week 2, you can find some hay. But I don't want to start any fantasy season 0-3, Mike. I know we've added an extra game this last couple of years, so you have a little extra time in your regular season. But if I'm 0-3, I'm losing interest fast. So the waiver wire to me this week almost as important as it was last week. Uh, injuries mounting across the league. You know, you have the grievance filed by the NFL about fake injuries at the running back position and then we have the unfortunate uh, Nick Chubb injury Jamal Williams goes out uh, Barkley and David Montgomery just keep on going it's a veritable laundry list like the end of a uh, movie on TNT when they're starting the new one so the other one all the credits go really fast Uh, that's kind of what it is the list of names right now that are injured at the position so uh, the opportunity to go uh, make hay and this is where it's really the the curiosity league to league of how deep you leave benches right because the the trend the last couple of years is to encourage waiver wire activity so you might actually Actually, still be able to have a puncher's chance to add somebody of value, but yeah, the the frenzy and and free agent acquisition budgets dwindling quickly because of these early season injuries. I uh, I would get so mad when my they when they do it the sitcoms, Mike. Yeah, King of Queens. You know, like the last like little thirty second scene that you put on, or even of Seinfeld. Like you're doing. Wait, you're doing split screen. You've thrown some credits off to the side. Now I got like what? And you got what music a, for the new thing starting, right? And the, yeah. the whatever production company has the uh, thing. Twenty five years for King of Queens this year. Can you believe that? Wow, I suppose yeah, it would be yeah, late nineties it yeah. started. Oh man, they've got a whole uh, thing on their socials where they're uh, getting ready to put up a bunch of content. Uh, and, and all sorts of you know behind the scenes kind of stuff that's been. How much there. would you pay for the painting of Carrie's huge hand and Doug's buck teeth? I'd go a couple thousand for that. Yeah. There's no <laughs> right. question about it. I'd get outbid, I'm sure, by uh, well, you or another super fan. But I mean, that would that would look really good in my front hallway. I know it's not the Costanza on the couch, but my goodness, would that be? Would that be a great piece to have in the living well, room? Well, the other one's so obvious, though, right? George and the and the Bears. Yes. Right? Yeah, yes. No, that's good. Or the Kramer. Those are all fine and good. Yeah, the Kramer. Yep, but, yep. But the King of Queens painting. I mean, you gotta know. I mean, yeah. you gotta know. That's when you're going a little deeper <laughs> in your pop culture uh, references there. So you get the knowing nod for people at a dinner party or yeah. someone that you know comes back to the house and looking, going, yeah, yeah, this guy gets it. And then you'd be like, oh, you have the one with Doug's good smile, you know, and not the woodchuck teeth. Because, again, there were two. To, uh, the woodchuck teeth. <laughs> you needed to, to pit them against each other. Nicely done. Oh, all right. Let's get, to, let's get to some waiver wire pickups. By the way, I was you looking know, at I'm, some. Wait, wait. Uh, I got, I'm telling you, we got to reach out to Nick Bacay, though. Yeah. He's a friend of ours in the fantasy realm. He may know what happened to that painting. Oh, that would be great. Uh, uh, it's I'm probably in some him. lot somewhere. Yeah, but yeah. I'm going to write them, and it's like, hey, if we can find access to it at some point, or you can come on the uh, podcast and tell us what happened, we're going to figure this out. <laughs> uh, I saw, I was just doing some uh, look-aheads, and I wanted to see what people were talking about for Waiver Wire. I saw uh, an article that said estimated reading time on Waiver Wire for week three, 
21 minutes. Wow. I got good news for you. We are not going to take up 21 minutes of your time to talk about waiver wire ads for week three. Mike Harmon does have a list, though. Let's dive into the list, Mike. Who are some targets we should get for the upcoming week? Go nice and nice and fast. Well, we still have one more week before Alvin Kamara is going to be eligible to come back. So while you may love a little Tony Jones Jr., I'm looking straight at Taysom Hill. Now, it's going to depend on your league, what he's available as. I got a note in one league management system where he's at quarterback, and that's where he's going to stay. But you may still have a little bit of uh, eligibility at tight end, which means there'll be a bit of a feeding feeding frenzy there. Jones, obviously, you know, one of those play defense if you've got a bench slot kind of situation. Then we look at Jerome Ford, at least for now, looks like he's the man uh, in Cleveland. Because face it, Deshaun Watson can't pass the ball. So it's going to be a lot of Jerome Ford and that defense if they're going to want to win any games. See what I did? I just took the obligatory shot. I'm throwing Deshaun Watson off your fantasy team like he should have been thrown out of Monday's game. <laughs> you, didn't, uh, you didn't. You didn't like his uh, his antics. His uh, well, his and, and, and his post game. I didn't touch the referee. It's like nobody in that could pull up a cell phone fast enough to go. All right, explain this. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. Everybody took the low hanging fruit of some of the worst jokes and puns. Uh, Dan, it, it really, oh. it, it got ugly fast. Hey, come on. I used one of those jokes early on, early on. But were you game, an early adopter? I said, after the, the Steelers scored that touchdown, like a minute in. Okay. My tweet was rough start for Watson for sure, but I'm sure he's looking for a happy ending. Ooh, that was good. my tweet. Okay, that's but that funny. was at that was at eight nineteen Eastern, five nineteen Pacific. So that was I think like right I saw after... that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, as yes. I was driving. <laughs> I mean, I mean, pulling into the Fox Sports Radio parking lot. I mean, I mean, something like that. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, Sam Howell. I like Eric Bieniemy's offense. I thought they'd come to play. Really didn't think it would take as long as it did to wake up, uh, but they did. He's only uh, owned in 20% of leagues right now. How about C.J. Stroud getting a little love for the yes. rook? 626 yards, a couple of scores, uh, which we're going to bring our guy Nico Collins in uh, as well. 13 catches already, over 200 receiving yards. We had him on our, our list before the season, Dan, uh, to break out. Now we just need him to stay healthy, so keep him out of any running back conversations because uh, maybe he can be shielded from that uh, available in about 55% of leagues this is going according to the uh, Yahoo ownership uh, Jalen Warren why because Najee Harris is um, pedestrian yeah, that to be good. nice so I think Jalen Warren's going to see more if nothing else Kenny Pickett can complete a pass to him see I'm just taking shots at everybody what am I going to do well Pickett stinks Right now, I don't know if he's going to get better, but he's not good right now. No, no, no. He had that wide open uh, throw to Pickens. Uh, beyond that, yeah, it was it was a tough watch. And then when he uh, did make that throw, it looked like he uh, was yeah. holding on to his collarbone. Mike, you okay there, big fella? I'll give him a break. I think Cleveland's got a really good defense. Yep. You know, and the 49ers are their own animal. But let's let's see what happens. Yeah, no, so. I would agree a hundred percent. Zach Moss out there, and folks were reticent to jump on board that bandwagon. Uh, yeah, we we all got caught in the switches uh, with this one, but he's healthy, uh, and for now, will be the number one. So we look at him. Uh, if you want to do a deep dive and just a maybe this works in your general direction, Ty Chandler, because I don't think Madison's very good. Mm-hmm. I think he's a nice number two guy. 
and I think this becomes a workload split before long. Obviously, we bring up Matt Breida. He will be the uh, number one guy, I would guess, him and Ford in terms of opportunity as you look at the Saquon Barkley in injury and, and what that means to everything. And then a couple of quick wide receivers slash tight end. We talked talk Collins. Josh Reynolds is still available in a ton of leagues. Looks like he's going to have a, a prominent role for Detroit. Uh, I fear that it'll be a feast or famine situation for everybody not named Amon Ross St. Brown over time. But for now, uh, he and Jared Goff, I don't know if he bought him a nice sandwich or what, but they seem to like each other. Uh, I don't trust Russell Wilson as far as I could throw him, but uh, you're looking at Mims had himself a bit of a breakout day so we keep an eye on that and then again not expecting giant fireworks and touchdown grabs but in point per reception league opportunity is going to be there for Zach Ertz while he's healthy to yeah. pile up receptions in Arizona again we, we it always comes back to that tight end position that we've got whether we're talking Taysom Hill whether we're talking Zach Ertz it's just a uh, it's just a, you know, what the heck is going on sort of position. It was last year, and it continues again uh, this year in the in the National Football League. I will say one thing, just on the heels of your uh, C.J. Stroud and Nico Collins, my points of Palooza in Week 3 is Texans-Jaguars. I think that we're going to see points. It, over-under is only 44 right now, Mike, mm. but I like that play. I mean, I, I know you got a Buckeye throw into a Wolverine, doesn't make a lot of sense, but what does in the NFL? And, and uh, you know, who knows? The Jaguars look to bounce back. I, I think we could have some fun in that game after, uh, you know, division rival. I, I For some reason, I'm just bullish on Houston. Like, I just think at some point it's going to click and they're going to be, you know, a better team. It wasn't in the first half, and maybe it, maybe they get blown out if Anthony Richardson's not knocked out of the game. But, um yeah, I don't know. I just think at some point something's going to click for the Texans. I would say this for them um, is that you're also looking at a squad that played this week without four of their offensive linemen. Yeah, yeah. Right? So the opportunity is going to be there when they finally get their starting lineup truly uh, together, which means – you know, a buy low opportunity when we already start talking about trades because we're certainly doing it in the NFL proper, right, of, hey, do you go get Cam Akers if you're the Browns or do you go and put in the chips all to the center of the table and convince Ursay to trade you Jonathan Taylor if he's not going to play for him, all of those kind of things. Same thing in fantasy. I mean, Damian Pierce is a guy that, you know, we, as you mentioned, not not exploding fantasy right now, but it's a decent buy low situation because he wouldn't have been a high investment for whoever yeah. owns him anyway that maybe you can just say hey here's a wide receiver or a tight end or something that gives you a little more stability let me take that distressed property off your hands uh and then you can profit once they get back uh into the good graces and i mean stroud thus far i mean you, you got to be impressed with what he's given you and certainly anthony richardson except he doesn't take care of his body Trevor Lawrence tried to warn him in week one. Uh, week two, he learned a harsher lesson. It gives us Minshew mania, but, you know, it, that, that only runs so far before the frustration sets in there. 
He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Byer. It is I Want Your Flex. Ryan Bershinger is our executive producer. We hope you've got, we've got you covered for waiver wire in week three and looking back to what happened on Monday night in week two and so much more. Uh, on our next episode of I Want Your Flex, Mike and I dive deeper, not only into the running back situation, the whole Sean McVay field goal conversation, yeah. that and so much more. So until next time, for Ryan Bershinger and Mike Harmon, I'm Dan Byer. This has been I Want Your Flex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A A podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.